This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, August 5th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU football mask regulator, Jerem Jordan. Now, Baylor Romney at practice, there was a photo that came out of, he wore his mask over his face mask. So uh, I think that's an interesting look. I, I wonder if other, and here's a picture of it on BYU TV. Um, it's an interesting look. Kalani Satake told us that BYU is exploring options where, yes, they do have some kind of covering. I, I wonder about breathability slash safety, right? Because we're supposed to wear masks, you know, um, in, in most instances, except for when we're hosting the show. And we're far apart, right? But that's an interesting look, and I thought it was uh, kind of smart. I saw Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, with one of those clear plastic shields in front of him, almost yes. like he's a welder. Right. You know? No, that's, that's an alternative option that people are using. Although BYU this fall announced what earlier this week that those wouldn't be okay for students on campus. They need to wear an actual mask against their face. Do you want to see your coach when he's angry with you? Maybe it's a good thing that the mask is on if he's yelling at you because you can't yeah. really tell as much if I, you are disappointing him. Let's do like Angelina Jolie with high cheekbones or something. Because, <laughs> yeah, if I'm smiling or laughing at something from someone and I maybe don't make the sound, do you know I'm in a good mood if my, you know, this part of my face is covered? It's interesting. I like what Baylor did. I think he has it figured out. That must be an extra large mask, too. Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> to go over the face mask. That's pretty good of a football helmet. Pretty good, man. I didn't realize there were like. Uh, I thought I thought all face masks were pretty much one standard size, but uh, oh no, 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 they're, no, they're coming in the no, 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 no. extra large sizes. Okay, well, the Romney should be excited about today's show lineup because it is all about football. What did we learn from day one of 2020 BYU football practice? We couldn't watch it, but we heard about it a lot about it from Coach Itake and his players. Is anyone opting out of the season for the Cougars? Plus, a ton of movement on the potential scheduling options for Athletic Director Tom Holmo and BYU Football. Are things finally coming together? We'll swipe right or left on potential opponents. Plus, our best to wear it features a two-time Super Bowl champion and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us with cool Canadian swagger. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU opened fall camp yesterday with official practice number one. Kalani Satake said he is pleased with his team's preparation. I'm really excited about what I saw from today and what I've seen from these guys. From the transition, their bodies, I mean, they, they, they look really good. So I'm really excited about the depth that we have and excited about the talent that we have on this team. Much more from day one coming up in What's Trending. Big news on the college football scheduling front from the American Athletic Conference and the Mountain West. The AAC has approved a 2020 scheduling model of eight conference games and as many as four non-conference games. This seems to be the norm for most of the group of five conferences thus far. The Mountain West changes it up a little bit, however, and will reportedly move to an eight-game conference slate plus two non-conference games. That, according to Brett McMurphy. What does it all mean for BYU's moving scheduling puzzle? Uh, We'll try and piece as much as we can together, and I think we're ready to present a proposed and calculated list of potential opponents based on this news. 
UConn cancels its football season, becoming the first FBS team to do so. The Huskies were expected to play their first season as an independent following an exit from the AAC in football. We thought if BYU played a heavy independent schedule that UConn could be a part of it, but now that won't happen because no games will happen for UConn. Yeah, how about that? An FBS team just shuts it down. The NCAA will once again delay their decision on whether or not fall championships will be played. The board of directors will make a decision if they will indeed cancel fall sports and the championships no later than August 21st. All fall sports activities must follow the return to sports guidelines as well as federal, state, and local health guidelines. There's a lot there. NCAA athletes will be allowed to opt out of participation due to COVID concerns if they desire, and schools will honor scholarships of those opting out. Universities will also not be allowed to require students, athletes, uh, require student athletes to waive their legal rights regarding COVID nineteen. Man, it just such that, a complicated, that's complicated situation. Yes, because the college athletes like, hey, you should waive your right and. If you get sick, that's on you, and you pay for it. But it's like, but you're asking me to play. You know, you're requiring me to come play. Everyone needs the ability to opt out. There are professionals who have opted out, right? There are uh, in the NBA and, and MLS and MLB and whatnot. So the college athletes should be able to as well without, you know, crazy penalty. This is just a unique year for them. Yeah, to say the least. Scholarships, you know, you're going to have a 60-year senior kind of guy next year, right? Or girl. Hey, everyone will experience what BYU has experienced. Yeah, it's such an advantage, all these championships. <laughs> all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. 2020 BYU football, day one. No observation for media. Thanks, COVID. So what can we learn? What did we learn, and what does it mean? We're relying on interviews with BYU head coach Kalani Satake and his players, and they were asked an array of questions, not surprisingly. We'll start with this one. Who's in for the Cougars? Anyone opting out? Kalani Satake answered those questions like this. No one has opted out yet, right? So uh, I think that as, as we keep educating everyone and, and, and uh, understanding what they're uh, you know, their concerns and things like that. I think for the most part right now, um, we're just dealing with guys that, that have had off-season surgeries, kind of trying to get back in time, and and then just the, 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 the normal what happens in day one. For now, all of the BYU football players are in, but as we just referenced, they would have the option to opt out if at any point they feel like their health and safety are at significant risk with no potential loss of their scholarship. I wonder if during the season that if BYU only plays, you know, if most teams only play, let's say, like six games in reality or something, that the NCAA, if they do what they did with spring sports and say, no, everyone has that year back if they want it. I wonder. I wonder if anyone will burn a year this year at all in the fall. I don't know. I'm really interested to see. But so far, BYU athletes uh, all in. I don't question I won't question anybody if they don't want to play. I won't. So if, if tomorrow Jaron Hall's like, you know what, just I don't want to get sick, and then, but I won't question that whatsoever. Yeah, I know. I think the majority of college football fans get it and understand. Like, it, it's a weird and in some ways frightening time, especially if those players have individuals in their families that are at high risk of something like this, and they right. need to be around those If people. you want to hang out with, yeah, those who may have an issue, then you shouldn't play. Okay. So for the time being, 
no real controversy with anyone opting out. They're all in for now. Right, and I wouldn't call it controversy. Right. It's just a choice. It just, uh, yeah, maybe controversy is the wrong word for that. Yeah. Um, But But let's talk about controversy. No real issue. Let's let's talk about, um, and maybe controversy isn't the right word for this either, but Kalani Sitake mentioning there were some scuffles yesterday. I, I like that, by the way. I, I want a little angst. That feels normal. Um, who, who is it? Is it is it Loy Ball, the one of the the greatest setter in men's volleyball history? He has a tattoo on his arm that says "Anger is a gift." Uh, uh, I I think that'd be appropriate on day one of fall camp. But yesterday, uh, D'Angelo Mandel, Chaz, all you both tweeted, then deleted uh, tweets asking about why they couldn't have a new locker room. Yet the third floor of the SAB, the student athlete building, is being renovated. They also mentioned getting a smaller rent check this month. So a little angst over that. Malik Moore tweeted and didn't delete a response to Ben Criddle about transparency of resources saying the players offered to build it themselves during the pandemic and that it's hard to understand. So what are your thoughts on that idea? You know what? Honestly, this kind of became like this big deal on social media last night and a polarizing topic for me. Johnson Tavernari weighed in with some strong thoughts. I don't really care. I don't really care. It's like I. You don't really care about what. I don't care that I'm not for one side or the other. Like right now, I'm focused on: Are they healthy? Are they safe? Can they play football? Like the locker room and the the concern about that, the upgrades, how it relates to recruiting, all that stuff. That just seems so far down the list of like priorities and concerns. Personally speaking. Because I'm just I'm wondering about football. Like, I get it. They're back, and so it's in front of them. It's not in front of us. It's only in front of the players. So that's higher on their priority list. But I see that, and I'm like, yeah, okay, it would be nice to have a better locker room, but are we going to play football? Like, does it matter? Does, the, does what your locker room look like matter if you're not going to play football at all? It just doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. So my emotions were not really, like, tied into – that debate that was happening on social media last night. I understand why the players want nicer things because they see other programs and their friends and the high school players, they've been tweeting pictures out and all that stuff. But right now it's just so far off of my radar that I just, I really don't care. I have no strong emotion about that specific thing. Uh, They are right. BYU needs to renovate them. And the idea that the third floor is being renovated and theirs has not is a juxtaposition that certainly sweetens this idea in terms of the emotion involved. But you're right. That's their office space. That's their cubicle, if you will, is their SAB locker. Not the, the, there's a picture going around, by the way. That's the practice locker room. That's not the, that's not the Lavelle Edwards Stadium locker room, just to be clear. And I tweeted about that. So, yeah, I, listen, they were given a voice with Black Lives Matter, and they should have a voice. So that's why they're speaking up, because it, who was it? It was Malik Moore, D'Angelo Mandel, and Chaz Ayu. Those are three prominent figures in the Black Lives Matter video. They should be able to say what they want, um, yet there's a right way of going about and doing it. They were probably told that wasn't good, and that's why they two of the three deleted their posts. Yeah, okay. So, uh, But they can express that angst. Perhaps on Twitter's not the best spot. Maybe they should go straight to Tom Homo. And to, I, don't, I don't know Like, what's best in that, but I thought. Oh, Twitter is a slippery slope, especially for things like that. And then when you have, you know, self, it's like BYU on BYU. Uh, I don't want to call it crime, but it's like there's there's just angst there. And now you got those should be renovated sooner than later. I, I, I get I, it. I, I, I get it. Yeah, but I right now it just feels like it's just way down the priority list. It's their office space. But I, for I them, it. yeah. it's in front of their faces. Yeah. OK, now to the actual 
players and the actual football. Devontae Henry Cole opted to transfer to Utah State after initially opting to leave Utah and come to BYU. So that has us wondering, okay, well, what about the running backs group? Like, run DHCs and Logan now, so how does that impact that group? Kalani Sitake talked about the remaining depth of his running backs room. I think Lopini is, is – this has been a really good offseason for him. Tyler Algier, Jackson McChesney's now, you know, he's – He's got the rust off of those mission legs now, and he's he's flying around like he did when he was at Lone Peak. So, um, you know, it's a good group. Sione Finau is getting healthy and getting ready to go. And we have Bruce Garrett as a freshman that's doing some good things too. I mean, there's guys that are running well. Javel Brown we put there, and and uh, he's looking good. And Luke Andrada got some reps at running back today. He looks really fast. So it's a deep group, a lot of talent, and uh, a lot of experience. All right, Lopini Katoa. Tyler Algier, yep, yep. Jackson McChesney. McChesney's the wild card, right? Yeah, Sione Fina, that confirms Sione's not quite ready, right? He's getting healthy. We didn't expect him to be. Bruce Garrett, talented kid out of Texas. Uh, Javel Brown was a wide receiver. Speedster Luke Andrada. And then Luke Andrada is, yeah, a guy that redshirted, that played a lot of quarterback in high school, but a, a guy that at that speed, speed will always be welcome. So, yeah, running back depth. Kalani Stake did talk about uh, Devontae Henry Cole as well. Yeah, I mean... We're going to play with the guys that are here. He was here doing our PRPs. He was here doing our workouts and stuff. He knows how good we are at our running back core. Okay. That, that's as aggressive as Kalani oh, Stucky will ever okay. be like that. He knows how good we are at running back, which is like saying, hey, it was going to be tough. Maybe, maybe, maybe he wasn't it wasn't what he, was, he thought it was going to be. Right. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, hmm. exactly. And that's as aggressive as Kalani will be in that situation, by the way. He's, he's typically just – Pretty even keel, but that was like, nah, we're good. Like, we're going to be fine. Jeremy, in the almost seven years of doing this show with you, I think this is the furthest we have gotten into day one of a football camp conversation without addressing the quarterback. Oh, yeah, that. Yet here we are, 14 minutes in. Wow. Talking about. Hey, nice job. Hey, nice job, everybody. We we solved. (laughs) We waited. (laughs) We did it. That wasn't on purpose either. Yeah. Arguably BYU's best player on the team this year. Matt Bushman was uh, requested to speak, and he didn't waste time. He was asked by the bishop to give a talk. (laughs) Talking about the quarterback, Zach Wilson. Here's what he said. He looks good. He looks confident. His body, he was able to get stronger and just get that strength around his shoulder so he can zip those balls into tight, tight areas. I'm driving the Zach Wilson hype train. Once he didn't have to deal with an off-season shoulder surgery and uh, wasn't trying to come back too soon from a broken thumb and could actually work on the uh, specific skill sets instead of just trying to get his arm healthy enough that he could throw the ball down the field. And he's been in California with John Beck. That's the choice. And I'm buying what John Beck is telling me about Zach Wilson. Saying, like, he has... He has made significant strides this year. Last year it was, uh, in John's words, really miraculous how fast he he was getting healthy, but they just couldn't work on the nuanced stuff. He's had this offseason. He's been healthy. Like, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm buying what Mash, Matt Bushman is saying. Tis the season. Let's go, man. Tis the season yep. for the H-I-H-Y-P-E. Yeah, I, I can't spell it right. Yeah. <laughs> Yipe. Uh, Let's talk. Let me go on my fall camp rant here. Every year I go on my fall camp rant. You ready? Here we go. I want someone to say, gosh, they don't look good at all. They, everyone's better. 
Everyone's stronger. Everyone's ready to go. That's not always true. Listen, Robert and I did that. I kind of miss that day candor. one of camp every year. He would point I, out, guys, you clearly weren't working out. No, you're out of shape. I want in the media <laughs> to say, no, I'm, I'm kind of kidding. But yes, everyone, let me, t- let me summarize in a sentence what you mean about Zach. He's a junior. Experience. He's a junior. Like, he's going to be better. He's going to be better. And he he's will. healthy. And he's healthy. Yes, he should be. We've had a pandemic. <laughs> everyone should be good to go. Okay, how how are the quarterbacks, by the way, as a group? Four deep? Here's Kalani. I saw a lot of good things from all the quarterbacks. They're, they're all healthy and looking really good. Uh, Zach, Jaron, Baylor, those guys did a great job. And then uh, Soljay did some really good things, too, as, as a true freshman showing up. Just surprised us a little bit, you know. Okay, then. I, listen, I didn't expect a Soljay Mayava mentioned in day one, but there we go. So As a true freshman. Yeah, BYU super deep quarterback. Fantastic. Very excited about it. This is great news. This is great it's, news for the old four news. to six games that BYU will play. This old game. news, but it's great news. Yeah. Now, the the, soldier is new. the yeah. real word of fall camp every year, oh, oh, Jerem. Yeah. Oh, oh, the depth. Every year is depth. Put on the scuba gear. We're going deep. <laughs> every year. Oh, yeah. It always happens. This time it was senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi. What if he was like, gosh, we only have starters. We have no one behind. That'd be hilarious. Here's his take on depth. We had uh, myself and Peyton um, and Keenan. You know, we were all there and, and Pepe, kind of the linebackers that were there in the spring. Uh, Max Tooley has now um, come back uh, to linebacker. He's playing more of an interior and, and they uh, moved my brother back um, from running back to linebacker. And so, um, you know, and I, I think that's just, you know, we're just trying to find the best 11 on offense and defense. And so just moving guys around and um, I'm sure it'll change. That's how football, you know, football has been for the last four years for me. Now, Isaiah would go on to say that he feels like there are two or three potential starters at every position on the field. Listen, I love that confidence as a leader. I love that rhetoric as a leader. I'm just saying I think it'd be hilarious if someone's like, oh, gosh, we're not deep at this we position. We need some help. Here. So-and-so showed up 15 pounds overweight. Gosh, we are in <laughs> trouble. We are not ready for this. Like, that kind of candor would be hilarious. But it- obviously, you're going to project your best self and what you think. Yeah, I don't, I don't fault these guys for saying that. I just think it'd be hilarious if they... We're super open about a certain guy like, oh, geez, we thought we were going to be good here, but this guy's a slacker. He doesn't know the playbook. Like, that'd be funny. Now, in all seriousness, the linebackers have a case as the deepest group on the BYU football team, right? No, that's With the offensive line and the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. No, three deep? It's quarterbacks, hands down, dude. And then O-line. O-line's loaded. O-line? I I agree that linebacker has a lot of uh, experience. There's some depth. I know you love that word so much. Well, if BYU plays a 4-2-5, yeah, they might be three deep. If you have six dudes, then you're three deep. BYU always needs depth, no matter who they are playing. And we don't know who BYU is playing just yet. Six games on the schedule, but we think things are starting to come together with the Big 12 and now the announcements of the American Athletic Conference and the Mountain West saying they're going to play two non-conference games, so just maybe... Uh, things are finally starting to fall into place. Our question of the day focuses specifically on the American Athletic Conference. Which AAC teams would you like to see on a potential 2020 BYU football schedule? They have one right now. It is Houston. Who else would you like to add and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. 
This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Kolob RDM on Twitter. Love it. You can high. <laughs> H-I-E. Oh. At Kolob RDM says Navy would be a great one. Be a bonus if BYU can play Army this year, too. Well, maybe. I mean, Army makes sense, uh, you know, as an Army indie. just had their game against Oklahoma on September 26th canceled. Yeah. So we'll see if that's a potential. I think the AAC is a really, really good league. It's what the Mountain West used to be, kind of with multiple top 25 type teams. So, Cincinnati, yeah. Memphis, Let's, Navy. We're going to talk about that later, um, coming up later in the show. We'll, we'll discuss maybe the AAC being a, a better option for BYU with more games. Coming up, the best to wear at numbers 75 and 76. Those are some bad dudes. Plus, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Which AAC opponents would he like to see on the schedule? I'm sure he just wants a schedule, period. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review is back, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, preview BYU Fall Camp. Aired last night and catch it on demand on the BYU TV app right now. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom is the host of Hockey Morning in Provo and voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, uh, first and foremost, would love to know, how are your Calgary Flames holding up in the midst of this modified National Hockey League bubble? After last night, really, really well. Uh, big, big, big win for the Flames yesterday. Uh, beat the Jets 6-2. Have a 2-1 lead in this best of five. Hoping to finish things out tomorrow. It's been good. That's exciting. And uh, another professional league that's figuring it out, making it work, right? Hopefully we can make it work with college football. Day one with BYU football yesterday. Typically, this is a, this is a massive celebratory day where we're out of practice. It's good to be out in the heat. We're seeing the team for the first time formally as they kind of get into the season. Yeah, there's sort of this different vibe, obviously, with who's BYU going to play and is the season going to happen at all. So what were some of your day one takeaways from BYU football fall camp? Well, I had to go back and listen to it again this morning to make sure that I heard it right. But when Matt Bushman says, if we get a season, it'll be a bonus, it kind of puts it, you know, uh, into, um, you know, pretty sharp relief where this thing really is. There's still enough eggshells to be crushed here that no one's really counting on anything right now to the point where they're happy to be practicing and considering the season itself to be a bonus. Um, and here we are, you know, roughly four weeks from when the season should be kicking off. And, and that's how the guys are talking. Greg, what do you make of all of this scheduling movement with the announcements from the American athletic conference this morning, that they will go eight conference games plus four. And then the mountain West, according to Brett McMurphy, will go eight conference games plus two. How do you think this impacts BYU's hopeful and potential schedule for 2020? Well, I think if BYU wants to put together uh, a schedule of 10 to 12 games, they'll, they'll have enough teams to do that with. Uh, and right now, that's kind of what we're seeing, right? We're seeing that it's 10, 11, or 12, depending on your league, um, some mixture of conference only to conference plus a few. Um, and, and, and so I, I, I think it's rarer that, um, 
that teams and conferences are expecting to play a full 12-game schedule. I think there are still a couple of leagues trying to get to 12, but it seems more likely that that 10 or 11 is the number that they're hoping for, building in bye weeks and kind of expecting interruptions. But I think if BYU wanted to, again, cobble together that many games, they'd find enough takers to do so. Uh, The real question comes, you know, from which leagues these teams will come. We hear the Mountain West, of course, going to its model, which would allow for two non-league games. BYU already has multiple Mountain West Conference teams on this year's schedule with three already on the slate. Again, if BYU wanted to even keep it geographically concise, they could probably do that as well. Um, I I, I don't think that that filling the schedule is going to be the hard part uh, this season. I think for everybody, it's going to be, you know, how deep into it can you get? Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think we're doing it backwards, right? We're trying to fill out the schedule, and then it feels like they're kind of trying to figure out how this is going to work in season. It's like, shouldn't you figure out how you can practice and then how you can play, and then the schedule happens after? I don't see the point of scheduling if you're not going to play, but I realize you have to do it. So maybe well, a little- it, it's all it's all happening concurrently. I mean, they, they are trying to, to um, you know, essentially start driving on the freeway while, you know, the asphalt is still curing. Uh, and, 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 uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, and, 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 you know, by the way, I'm not a civil engineer. I, I may have used incorrect terminology. <laughs> you you there, are but, civil, but though. You, you know where I'm coming from. Uh, it's, they, they are, you know, trying to figure out, you know, the best way to execute the protocols that have been put in place by, you know, well-meaning and well-educated people, while at the same tri- time uh, trying to give, you know, student-athletes a, 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 a season to play. But we're just, you know, day by day and hour by hour, we're just kind of being introduced to either existing or new uh, wrinkles or hurdles to overcome just to get to the start line. So if we do have a schedule, we're hoping, I don't know, a couple of Big 12, Mountain West, keep those games with Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State, keep Houston. Maybe a few more AAC games could be in the mix since they announced 8 plus 4. Uh, what do you think of maybe adding a, a Memphis, a Cincinnati, a Navy, and so on, if that's a possibility? Yeah, I mean, clearly you're going to want to try and see if there's any P5 possibilities. We already know right now that if there were, they'd come on the road. Um, they, they wouldn't get home dates uh, with those leagues. And then, you you know, you look for prominent G5s. And then after that, you you kind of go down to the FBS independents that are kind of the last safety net. Of course, we find out today that, you know, one of those is no longer an option. And and I guess the bigger question there would be for UConn, um, you know, does have they played their life? You know, when will they play again? Right. Uh, that 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 program was struggling to begin with. Um, will this take the legs out from from that program? And 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 not just UConn, but other schools. I think from different divisions might be looking at this pandemic and how they come out of it, and, and really where their programs are uh, on the other side. Greg, the biggest question marks are overwhelmingly on what we're talking about. Is there going to be a season? How many games will BYU play? What happens if somebody gets a positive test on the team? How do you quarantine? How do you disseminate that information? But for the moment, let's focus on the actual football players. And what questions do you have about BYU on the field going into the season? What's the biggest question mark you have in terms of personnel and what you're going to see on the field? Well, it may or may not be the biggest question, but I, I think one of the questions that I think you know needs to be answered is is who will be um, the workhorse running back. And and as deep as the room is, and as good as Kalani feels about the room, I'd really like a star and a stud 
to emerge. Um, I'd, I'd like to, you know, to have a guy that you can count on to be a thousand yard back. Um, I, I think thousand yard backs tend to equate to pretty good seasons for BYU. <laughs> and it's been a while. And, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not so much the guy as, as it is the, the productivity from the team and the point score. But I really do think that, that, a, that a standout and a workhorse and a go-to and a star and a stud, um, you know, emerging would be a great thing for the program. Uh, regardless of who it is, identifying that person, uh, getting him the requisite number of carries, and then hoping for the requisite amount of health to keep that guy on the field. And more than anything else, that's maybe been the biggest problem, right, with either running backs or quarterbacks. It's just who can, you know, who stays healthy enough to be the guy. And, and then that's an important part of the equation, too. And when we say health for the first time this year, we're going to actually throw in like being sick into that equation, right? It won't just be a dislocated shoulder or a sprained knee. It's like, oh, they had a positive test. They can't play. So who knows? Is Lopini Katoa the, the man in front there that has the best chance of that, in your opinion? I'd say right now, yeah. Uh, if Shione Fina hadn't gotten hurt, I think Shione showed, you know, incredible potential and, and could have, you know, assume that position. But I think of the guys who were healthy and ready, you, you'd look there. Um, and, uh, I, you know, although he's just a freshman coming in, I'm hoping that, that down the line, we talk about a kid like, uh, like say, you know, Bruce Garrett seemed like a real, uh, an exciting, you know, long-term look. Uh, and, and I'll be curious to see what all these guys look like when we actually do get a chance to lay eyes on these fellows and who knows when that will actually be. But uh, Lopini, uh, I've already tweeted about his, his great touchdown rate. I mean, he doesn't need a lot of touches to find the end zone, uh, yet he's never had a workhorse load, you know, for 12 games in a season. You know, could he handle it? Would he be that guy? Uh, history has shown that if you give him the rock, uh, he knows what to do with it. And so he's, uh, he's got a pretty good, he's got a pretty good uh, past history and record with the, with the reps he's gotten. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel with us on BYU Sports Nation. Greg, I have mixed emotions when I look at the roster for BYU, because I see, in my opinion, the most experienced and veteran squad from top to bottom that Kalani Satake has had. Maybe you differ with me uh, on that take, but I, I just feel like there's a ton of experience, and I think, man, what a waste it would be if you couldn't use this experience that they've been building for because of COVID-19. But uh, where do you stand on the depth of BYU football and how it uh, ranks in the Kalani Satake era? Well, I, I think into a fifth season, they are where you'd hope to be after you've kind of gone through an entire, you know, quote unquote class. Uh, classes mean different things when it comes to BYU in terms of when you actually have completed your class. But heading into season five, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, a stretch at all to say it, it's, it's the deepest to most talented bunch. And, you know, Isaiah Kofusi was talking about uh, at least defensively. Uh, thinking about having you know two and three starters potentially at, at, at essentially every spot across the board, and and that's that's day one optimism. But uh, you know it, it's it's the kind of situation where you can look at multiple guys and say I could see him getting most of the reps, I could see him getting most of the reps, and not get much of an argument on that. And and so yes, very deep, uh, deepest probably of, of Kalani's tenure, and similar to to the Mark Pope situation, uh, you know. <laughs> To, to have that group last year uh, as good as they were and, and primed to do uh, such great things in the tournament, not get a chance to show it, you know, what a, what a, what a great shame that was. And, and this year it's already got an asterisk, right? I think we already kind of feel that this is not going to be a normal season, 
by any stretch. And so uh, just how much will BYU get out of this season remains to be seen. But, man, you, you, you'd you like it to approach as much normalcy as possible just to, to see if, uh, if BYU can prove <clears throat> the kind of things we expect them to be able to prove because of that te- depth and talent that they've accumulated. Now, the NCAA, you know, coming out today has uh, given a, a bit of a uh, – um, uh, a, a window to extend the el- eligibility and 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 forestall some of these careers. Uh, they, they they've allowed COVID nineteen opt outs, uh, and I think in, in that situation you keep your scholarship and they'll be expected to retain eligibility. One would presume if they opt out for that reason. And so who knows how many teams will find themselves maybe hitting a bit of a reset uh, with at least some of their personnel for next season. Greg, whether it's uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, or Ames, Iowa, or Fort Worth, Texas, or wherever on the map, I sincerely hope we get to hear your voice broadcasting Cougar football from whichever uh, the location is where BYU could potentially start. Or Provo, you know. (laughs) Or Provo. Maybe they they, they start at home. Who knows? But uh, it'll, it'll be nice to see games back on the schedule. It'll be even nicer to get to a game day and and who really knows you know what what the games will truly look and and sound like and feel like presuming we get there but uh you know we're all in the same boat in this guys we've all got a job to do and it revolves around it revolves around you know these student athletes their teams their coaches uh and, and these games and and we're all still in limbo waiting for some kind of definition and and hoping that something positive comes on the other end of it Greg, we appreciate the real talk and the time that you spent with us today. And uh, we're going to take the positive vibes from your Calgary Flames and hope that this means good things ahead for all sports. (laughs) Whatever works. Good to be with you guys. See you soon. (laughs) All right. Greg Rubel on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I go 2016 with deepest Kalani team, which was the team that sort of was given to him. Because he had Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, Fred Warner, Francis Bernard, Harvey Long, Isai Tautu, Kainakua, Diane Nkongwa. That was a good one. That was a great team. I, I think it's 2016. I think in a couple of years we could look and say, ah, it was 2020, depending on how things shake out. But they're not going to have a chance to win nine games to validate that, I think. Man. I mean, they had star power in 2016 for sure at those yeah. positions. Overall depth, though. Like Zane Anderson plays 13 games, doesn't start a single game. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean in terms of depth is you had Dine Gonwoleku and Zane Anderson as backups. And now these guys were, like, good players, BYU. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it develops. But yeah, the uh, the prospect. The point is the prospect of the depth. It's of the August, team so is, those are the things oh. we project. Yeah, hard. It's uh, yeah, it's mixed emotions because you just want these guys to have an opportunity. Coming up, an AAC and Big Twelve heavy schedule for BYU. A Big Twelve heavy, well, mixed in. <laughs> Plus the best to wear seventy five and seventy six at BYU. Two time Super Bowl champion in there. This is BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is your welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with what we usually do, and that's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU opened fall camp yesterday, official practice number one. Kalani Stocky was pleased with his team's preparation going into the day. Uh, a couple of news and notes. Max Tooley and Jackson Kafusi have moved back to linebacker. Tooley from safety, Kafusi from running back, and Luke Andrada has moved to running back as well. 
The AAC has approved a 2020 scheduling model of eight conference games and as many as four non-conference games. BYU has one AAC opponent on the schedule right now. It's Houston. Maybe this means more. The Mountain West Conference expected to release their official schedule plan today. Brett McMurphy reporting it will be eight conference games plus two non-conference matchups per school. And UConn, a fellow independent to BYU, cancels their football season entirely due to COVID-19. They become the first FBS team to do so and shut it down entirely. You have to wonder about the immediate future of the Huskies football program. The NCAA will once again delay decisions on fall championships. The board of directors will make a decision if they cancel fall sports no later than August 21st. Also of note, some commentary from the NCAA about you can opt out. If you uh, don't want to play because of COVID-19, you can retain a scholarship as well. And so the NCAA uh, acknowledging kind of what they did with the spring sports as well, that, okay, you can get a year back because of this if you want to sit down. The Big Ten Conference was the first to announce any type of significant change in scheduling. They have released the full schedule and will start September 3rd. So no delay to the conference-only start for the Big Ten. Golf. Kirsten Fotu finished tied for third at one under in the Utah Women's Open yesterday. In the same event, Naomi Soifua finished tied for sixth. And Anna Haskiewicz finished tied for 32nd. Former Cougar Leah Garner finished as the low professional in the tournament at two under. And the Alicia May Mateo is tied for 87th through the first round of the U.S. Women's Open. He's off for round two right after the show, 1.10 Eastern time. I should mention as well, the NCAA said, member schools may not require student-athletes to waive their legal right regarding COVID-19 uh, as a condition of participation, which is good because, um, yeah, member schools must cover COVID-19-related medical expenses. There was a question about that because, like, you can't require us to play, and then if we get sick, not help us out. Pay for it. So I think that's a good move from Sure, absolutely. On to our best to wear it double play on a Wednesday. We're counting up to 99. A couple of numbers each show lately and determining who were the best athletes to wear each number at BYU. Today, we land on number 75 and 76. John Tate, offensive lineman in the 90s, 93, 96, or 98. John Tate was a bad dude. This guy was a first-round pick. 2012 BYU Hall of Famer, two-time first-team All-Wack, 97-98. Ten seasons in the NFL, most notably with the Chiefs and Bears. Started every game he played from 2000 to 2008. Played in Super Bowl 41. Uh, Colts beat the Bears. My middle name is spelled the same way as his last name. And then I named my son Tate, although we changed the spelling. So I've always had a thing for John Tate. I've always really liked him because I felt some connection with him. Oh, okay. I didn't realize you changed the spelling of your son's name from your that middle was name. Whitney's though. condition on being able to do it. I was like, what, do you not like my middle name spelling? No, I'm fine with it. It's T-A-T-E. Very cool. At number 76, a guy you may have never heard of, Gordon Gravel. That was awesome. 1967 to 71. So... When Lavelle Edwards was an assistant, he's working with guys like Gordon Gravel, 2012 BYU Athletic Hall of Famer, 1971. Famous John Tate, by the way. Yes, 1971 WAC Lineman of the Year, first team All Conference player, played in the 1971 East West Shrine Game and the 71 Senior Bowl. He was a big deal on a lot of NFL draft boards, if they had draft boards back then. He's taken 38th overall in 1972 by the Pittsburgh Steelers, won two Super Bowl championships with the Steel Curtain on those fabulous Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris teams. We consider the 
you know, modern era 72 on. Gordon Gravel was for that, but he was legit, man. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Coming up, coaches on bikes. And we swipe right or swipe left on potential BYU football opponents. Did this a few days ago. So fun that we're going to do it again. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Everyone's talking about depth, right? So go deep with Deep Blue. Available on demand right now. Compelling stories with BYU coaches, players, and some fans. The abyss of athletic awesomeness. How about that for a This sounds like a place you don't want to go, though, you know? <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. It is time for us to play swipe right or swipe left with potential American Athletic Conference teams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. The music. Oh, so perfect. Okay. Number one, Jerem. Oh, no, no. I, I, let's, go, let's go back to the original track. <laughs> Number one, Jerry. Yeah, here we go. The Memphis Tigers. Oh, love it. No, Memphis has been a top 25-ish team the last two years. I mean, were they the group of five team last year? I think it was Memphis. Or was it Cincy? I can't remember. Distracted by the music. <laughs> Memphis, I would love Memphis on the schedule. I think that'd be awesome. So what? What is? What is? I want it right. Swipe right. Right. Okay. Swipe right. Yeah, I'm swiping right on Memphis. Um, I don't love how the last game that uh, BYU played against Memphis ended. I think BYU has a puncher's chance, though. <laughs> a fighter's chance for sure. Okay, but I like this game. Yeah, Tigers and Cougars. Let's go. Okay, uh, Cincinnati. I'm also swiping right on the Bearcats. They have come a long way and were a top 25 caliber program last year. If Cincinnati would take a game with BYU, why not? Memphis and Cincinnati added to the BYU schedule. Now we're talking. Yeah, Cincinnati would be great. BYU played a couple of games in, what, 15 and 16, won both of those games. It was fun. What was his name? Gunner Keel? Gunner Keel. Maybe Gunner Keel can come back for that one because he played like six years in the NCAA. All right. Jerem next. UCF. I'm going to say swipe right to almost every AAC team. I, I think it'd be a fun season to have as many of those teams as BYU can get. I'm swiping left on UCF. I'm what? still angry about the missed pass interference call in overtime in 2014, which should have given BYU and Christian Stewart the win in Orlando. So I'm swiping left because no, I have given them the tie. Sorry, the tie. Yeah. Personal bad feelings still associated with that game and program. Uh, with some refs. Swipe left. With some refs whose contact didn't work. Uh, Temple. Mm, yeah, I'm going to swipe left on Temple, too. I, the, I mean, the Owls are a good program, but I, I, Philadelphia? Like, you, you versus, to Philadelphia? You versus Temple is like an amazing matchup no. in name only. Swiping left. Brigham Young, great advocate of Temple. This is true. Temples. Temples. Not the Temple Owls. Yeah, though. no, Temple. Come on. Left. Wisdom, knowledge, no. books, and stuff. No. no. I'm not attracted to Billy the Temple Cheese Owls. <laughs> no. <laughs> not amidst COVID. No, thank you. Man. All right, Jerem. Temple work? How about... There's so many puns we could use with that matchup. The green wave of Tulane. Sure, why not? Whatever. I, BYU pounded Tulane in 09. That was a fun game. Week after Oklahoma. I, I'm telling you, every AAC team, I'm like, sure. If they'll go on a date with BYU in Provo, sure, I'll swipe right. Mm. Okay. Well, I like playing the... Uh, oh, they have their own uh, They have their own stadium now. It's not in Superdome. If the green what's, what's wave this music? will visit Provo, 
and go on a date with BYU and Provo, oh, then, yes, I'll, then I'll swipe right. Oh, one, the season opener. That was awesome. Navy. The, Mor- the Mormon Bowl. I mean, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Navy. Kenny Matalolo. How you doing? Yeah. Meet the Navy. I'm swiping right. I want, I want the military academies. Like, if BYU could work out a situation where they play Navy and Army this year. By the way, Army's game with Oklahoma was on September 26th. Why not BYU step in there and take on a team they've never played before, Army? I only want one service academy. Give me both. Because... They just wrecks your knees. It just does. So I only want one. This is an Air season. Force. This is an Air Force. It's the same thing. They what don't are you talking all about? All wreck these. All three function the same way. No. They cut block a ton and they run all day. They're the same. What do you? What? what? <laughs> they're not the same. They don't run. The what do you ex- mean they're not? They the don't same. run the same exact offense. They all run the, a similar offense. What no, it's not about? the same though. They're very different nuances. Army played a very different style. They of football all cut last and year. run. They all cut and run. Yes, that's they what cut I mean block. by every that. football team cut blocks. Every football team does. Not every play like those guys. Well, agree to disagree. On to SMU, the Mustangs. Are you swiping right on every tra- AAC team? Swipe right. Every one. Every single one. Let's Oof. go. We're desperate. What do you want to play? New Mexico State? No, they're not that desperate, though, that you need to play seven AAC teams, though. Might be. No. BYU still, you don't think they're going to keep any Mountain West opponents? They've already got Houston on the schedule. We don't know what. We don't know if Boise State, Utah State, and San Diego State are going to keep the BYU game. We hope they that do. Makes but assume nothing. One million percent sense to keep those regional games. From our perspective, absolutely. We don't know what they have in mind. Well, even what, from and Boise. What's whether the they name want of the newspaper be... in Boise? I read an article the other day about how Boise needs BYU to maintain any type of excitement for their home schedule. No, I get it. But I don't know everything at play for that side of it. Idaho Statesman or something like that? I can't remember. Anyway. Okay, yeah, the AAC. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, I'd be stoked if BYU had a couple of Big 12 games, like two or whatever. And then... If they could keep those three Mountain West games, great, five, and then as many AAC to fill it up. I, if BYU doesn't have a single independent on there, that'd be fine with me. I'd be fine if BYU didn't have FCS. That means BYU TV would get an FCS game. <laughs> Coming up, some great service in today's Rise and Shout. Plus, coaches on bikes focusing on sugar intake today. Eat clean, people. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We continue with your daily reminder. The show is always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. I know you've been waiting for this. What do Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford have for us today in the latest edition of BYU Football Coaches on Bikes? You know, the other day I went to a McDonald's drive-thru, ordered, you know, a couple of big chickens with a side of ranch, and the, and the worker... The worker asked if I wanted a drink. I said, no, thank you. The only calories I try to drink is in pre-workout. Okay. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. Don't take your uh, calories in sugared soda, but in pre-workout, according to Preston Hadley. Well, think about the over, you know, he's got the chicken too, you know, 
from McDonald's. So it's not like he's completely healthy. Two chicken sandwiches with, with a side, a side of, ranch. of ranch. So you're kind of drinking the ranch too, you know. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's be honest. I, I didn't realize that coaches on bikes would dive into those just areas. Life. Yeah. Well, they're just sitting at a stoplight. They're bored. Let's talk like, about Mickey just, D's. Well, I ordered about, in the drive-thru. Talk about health. <laughs> Our question of the day, which American Athletic Conference teams would you like to see on a potential 2020 BYU football schedule? Any of them. And why? At Spidey Stowell on Twitter says, SMU for nostalgia. Oh, nice. Memphis for revenge. <laughs> UCF for prestige. And revenge. And Navy for Ken versus Kalani. Yeah, yeah. the, uh, the Polynesian member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints bowl would be awesome. Let's just make BYU a pseudo-member of the AAC for one season. Here we go. BYU. Yeah, simple. The desire to be in a conference is strong. We keep saying it. Very simple. Something. No, no. I mean, just sign the contract, make it happen really easy. Yeah, it happens in like an hour, right? It's not even hard. Today's, uh, oh, sorry, the Elite Voice of the Day. Our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Andrew Muffler on Facebook says, anybody, literally anybody at all. Maybe even Timpview High School, Provo, and Wasatch. I don't care who. I hope we have a season to enjoy. Amen. Today's rising shout-out to the governor of Mississippi, Tate Reeves, T-A-T-E. That's how I spell my son's name. Who yesterday issued a statewide executive order requiring face masks in all public places. This isn't a political rising shout-out. Listen to what he said. I know what I want to see. I know that I want to see college football in the fall. The best way for that to occur is for us all to recognize that wearing a mask is irritating as it can be. And I promise you, I hate it more than anybody watching today. It is critical. Hey, it, I appreciate the clarity of the governor's uh, uh, take here. because it, It's about two months late, but yeah. I want football. Like, you threaten to take away football, wear a mask! Yeah. And in Mississippi, it's a big deal, man. Big deal. <laughs> All right, thanks to today's guest, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. No time, Rosef. No time. Conversation continues on the internet. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to my guy, Jordan Leslie. I know it was pass interference at UCF, Jordan. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.